Welcome to another episode of Corkout History, where we drink Portuguese wine and we talk about Portuguese history, mostly the wine. My name is André, and I'm Inês. Welcome to Corkout History. Hello, hello, hello. Hello, everyone. We are back. What are we drinking today, André? Okay, t- so today we are drinking a wine called E A. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, that's that's an abbreviation for Eugenio d'Almeida. And uh, it's a wine from the south, from the region called Alentejo that we've talked about before. And it's a wine that we've had together a couple of times because it's a really oh, it's good wine. It's a really good wine, exactly. Uh, so today our bottle is from 2020 and uh, I'm going to open it. Let, let's dive right in, shall we? <laughs> we shall. <laughs> yes. Yes, we shall. Yes. Today we're going to be talking about someone that's a little bit different from the other women that we've been talking and covering in this season, as this is someone that is uh, as much as an historical figure as a legend, and that sipped into the grounds of Lisbon and of the Portuguese identity in a very unique and peculiar way, and that is Severa. If you visit Portugal, you will almost certainly not see any reference to any of the other ladies we have uh, we are covering in this season. And yet, you are bound to stumble in one or more reference to Severa if you go to Lisbon. This will be completely unavoidable. You will maybe stumble on a, rest- on a restaurant named after her, or see a graffiti, or a wine, or see something in the theatres, a postcard, a song. Like It will be completely unavoidable. Severa is now part of the city of Lisbon. So what do we know about the woman beyond the myth? There's not a lot, an awful lot of information, but let's start here. <laughs> Maria Severa Onofriana is not all myth. Uh, we do have her baptism records and we do know that she was born in Lisbon, more specifically in the Angel's neighborhood on the 26th of July, 1820. We know her parents' names, and we know that she was born on the Madragoa Street, and that her mother owned the tavern there. Spoiler alert, we also know Severa died young. Uh, young? How young? Uh, she died at just 26 years old. Um, her death records put her passing on the 30th of November, 1846 of an apoplexy, which seems to mean, in language of the time, some sort of internal failing, like a stroke or organ failing. And she was also single. Yes, this is on the records, and it's important. Thanks, register man, lest we forget. This lady was single. God forbid. And that's all the records we have for her. The end. She was single. <laughs> no, not not quite the end. Um, but it's important that, that we... Realize that the remaining references and all the information we have from her life comes more from what her contemporaries uh, told than any other official documents. So statements and testimonials of people that lived at the same time of Severa and not like real, real proper documents. Yeah, like... Those are also documents, but in another yeah, way. Yeah, like the impressions that she made on her contemporaries kind of thing, which obviously are less accurate we can say or less they might be prone to yeah, more, more pe- uh, they're more personal conceptions yeah they're it. more personal for sure yeah so how did this chick who died at 26 years old turn immortal and get her face plastered 
all over Lisbon. She was a fado singer. No, not a fado singer. She was the fado singer. Her existence redefined fado and hence the identity of a nation. Whoa. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's pretty big. <laughs> It is pretty big, shit. <laughs> That sounds pretty major. Yeah, yeah. But, but I think there's a question we need to answer for everyone listening that doesn't know, and that's what is Fado? How, how, how do you explain Fado? Right, so I tried to describe Fado on my own, and then I thought, let's see what the Wikipedia says about Fado, shall we? And I wanted a definition that could summarize it nicely in a sentence, and yeah, no, that's not a thing. Turns out we really right. can't. Yeah, it was actually... Um, There was a moment in my life where I was a tour guide in Lisbon. Right, okay. And that was one of the main things that were really hard to explain. Like, what is Fado? How do you explain Fado to someone that has, first of all, never listened to this kind of music and, and then they have that, no concept that, for it? Had any yeah. contact and, and how do you, how do you right. explain it? So that was always a challenge. How did you do it? I tried to go a bit with the history of right. it. And then we would always go on the tour to somewhere where right. people could listen to Fado. So I think probably we should do the same thing here. Right. That sounds like a great idea, actually. And yes, I think we should try that like uh, a little bit further on. Let me just try to let you know the most concise thing that I came up about Fado. So first things first, Fado is music. It's a traditional kind of music in Portugal usually played on the Portuguese guitar, which is a variation of the general guitar and it's also sang by a singer. So it's a singer and the guitar. Seems to have started around the 19th century and used to be sung in taverns and brothels and the like. Traditional, it's an emotional, almost mournful song, although there are many variants to this, with some being more cheerful or comical even. Yeah, that that's definitely like a good a good way of, of describing Fado. But then even for the birth of Fado, there are like a lot of different theories. And yes, it started in the 19th century. Yes, brothels and taverns. Yes, a mournful, but also sometimes like a comical um, songs, more popular ones. And then there's a lot of people that talk about how Maybe it had to do with the fishermen's wives that were waiting for them, but it, there's also the influence of the uh, of the Arab influence of the way of singing, right. and then there's also the influences that were coming from like former Portuguese colonies colonies at the time, and and so that all mixed together as having Lisbon as like the arrival point, kind of made for this unique right. Thing. Okay. Almost That like a, a, a cooking yeah. pot of all the different experiences and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And that became Fado somehow. Okay, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. So there's there's actually also two variants of Fado. As I was saying, there's like the Lisbon one. And then there's also the Fado of Coimbra. And Coimbra is a city in the center of the country. If, if in Lisbon it's connected to this like popular neighborhood tradition and like very with very popular roots in Coimbra it's linked to the academic tradition Coimbra is where the first university um, Portuguese university was um, and the city has always developed heavily around that like academic identity and the existence of the university in the city so Fado in Coimbra instead of being sang by women or men it was actually sung by groups of students 
um, that would be dressed in their black gowns and singing in the steps and the squares of the city. So it's more of a, a group thing rather than in Lisbon where it was most one father singer or the other father singer with the guitar, as Inés was saying. I, I also think that in Coimbra, I mean, I don't know how it is these days, but I think in Coimbra it's tradition, uh, traditionally could only be sung by male students. So I don't think women could um, actually sing the, um, you know, Coimbra, Fado in Coimbra. But um, whereas if you, obviously there are, in, in Lisbon there are uh, male Fado singers and female Fado singers alike. Maybe I would even dare say that maybe the female uh, Fado singer is more emblematic in Lisbon, more so than um, male ones. Maybe because we have some larger than life uh, characters like this one, like Severa, that we are gonna talk about now. There's also a painting that became really famous and that depicts like the, the typical setting where Fado was sung in the 19th century and where you can see a woman with a veil, a glass of wine, a guitar player and the attitude that's, that became connected to the way we imagine Fado. And that, that kind of became the symbol and it's a, a, a painting by José Malhoa. And we're actually going to upload that to our Instagram so you can check there and see, and see what that image is. Also, uh, now turning, into, turning away from the history of Fado and more into the, what the word means. Uh, Fado, the word... Um, actually means fate or destiny, which sort of links with the whole vibe they are going for. Um, because often it's about the way that life throws you around and how you can or you can't uh, escape the, the ties of fate. So I would say there's a link there, even though it might not be the only reason that or the reason. I'm not even saying that that's the reason that it's called Fado, but I think there's definitely a vague connection there yeah yeah definitely there's that and then there's the voice and i mean we know like singers have a good voice but there's something different about a fado singer and especially if you go to like the popular neighborhoods uh, where fado still sung today in lisbon sometimes the singer doesn't have to even sing very well in terms of what we understand as very well very like on tune or anything it's more about the feeling that it that it does, and of course there are like major figures in Fado that sing extraordinarily well. It's not I'm not saying that that that, but it's like it's a, a voice that that brings with it some emotion and that that speaks to a place in the soul. And even we're gonna share some Fado um, songs with you in a minute, or at least a few examples. I don't think we can really convey it in words. No, I don't think words can describe it, but um, what even happens is that like you don't need to understand what the singer is saying many times when people, uh, visitors are in, in Portugal, tourists are in Portugal, to feel the emotion that they're totally. trying to convey, like the father singer. So there's also that there, and it's very that. So yeah, we let's 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 share yeah, some, and then we can go back to Savannah, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, let's let's enjoy, listen for a moment to some of these examples of Fado. Quando Lisboa anoitece, como Uma casa 
janelas Aonde pólvora arrefece É numa água furtada with us now what did you think did you feel that emotion coming through for you it is something very unique isn't it yes yes i think so now back to svera we know that in her 26 years of life she revolutionized the artistic landscape of lisbon but who was she according to the tradition her mother was a famous prostitute called Abar Buddha which means the bearded, like as in the bearded lady, which she got from having facial hair. So the bearded, this lady, she owned a tavern where Severa was most likely born. We also know her father is meant, well, according to tradition, which is, again, different from what we can, because we've already shared with you everything we have in terms of... um, official records. So now we dive a little bit into the myth and tradition and what we know about Severa. So according to tradition, her father is meant to have been a gypsy fella from Santarém. Santarém is another lovely city, not too far away from Lisbon. I would say about an hour north of Lisbon. Although this might, again, this uh, the whole thing about her father being a gypsy from there might have been a later addition, because we will see later her life was adapted actually into a novel, and it seems like the writer thought that a bit of, a bit of gypsy blood would spice things up. So the contemporary records of Severa, these ones that became like this, that uh, forged this uh, image that we have of her, describe her as a force of nature, someone that was impossible to ignore or forget, not just because of her voice, but because of her presence and the way she sang and her how impetuous and fierce and generous and affectionate with the ones she liked she was, and also how ready to brawl she was <laughs> with anyone that she didn't like. Dark hair, fiery eyes and temper, so like this whole uh, persona that was... Yeah, it's her. a whole character, isn't it? It's just the whole thing about Severa. Yeah, and Severa worked uh, at the brothels, like her mother, and that's also where she sang. And as we said before, that's that is also where Fado was already uh, being born, and it was born in the taverns and the brothels of the older quarters of Lisbon, where Severa was singing, and uh, it seems that she was not only a singer, but that she was also uh, playing the guitar, which is not so common nowadays to have someone singing and playing the guitar. But she did, and she even wrote her songs. Yeah, so basically she was doing everything, and um, she hit the jackpot getting into a relationship with the Count. The Count of Vimioso and Severa became lovers, and boom, she was singing everywhere now, from the stinky old brother from the stinky old brothel to the palace. This really did wonders for her fame. I mean, her name was on everyone's lips. She won the hearts of all the bohemian gents around town. She was the hit of the century. (laughs) With her fado... Fado! With her, fado had made it from the taverns 
to the fancy salons that she was now uh, getting invited to, and it became something entirely new. It became the genre that would become part of what it means. <laughs> it became the genre that 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 would become famous and that 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 would become part of like the, the Portuguese identity. The, the no. <laughs> I'm having some trouble with the notion of the Portuguese identity, but we can discuss that in another okay. time. <laughs> Severa was the physical... Like, Severa became this physical incarnation um, of Fado. She became... She became Fado, and it, she became immortalized as well because of it. Turned it into something... Something atemporal in the process. Fado did not exist as we know it today and as you can enjoy it if you go to Lisbon before her. Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. It's like definitely she she rose fa because she rose to such heights, she rose Fado as well to a completely different status that it didn't have before. So she was the making of Fado and Fado was the making of her. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention before, but I was actually hearing about it, and I didn't know this. I only discovered because there's a a, a singer in Portugal at the moment that's called Jonas, and he's trying to recover that tradition. But apparently, at the time of Severa, there was also another side to Fado, which was dancing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was called Bat Fado. Yeah, I, I did see something about that. And it's a dance that has like... I, I think I think I did see some I did see something when I was doing the research and then I didn't mention it. <laughs> Which was a dance that had like links between fado and the flamenco rhythms from Spain and uh, that that we don't see nowadays yeah. apart from this specific artist that I that is yeah that's to cool what's his it, name but, again um, Jonas. okay okay I need to look into him then yeah. Yeah, he had a, a whole show that was based on what he could get from that tradition. Okay, okay. And that sounds pretty cool. see it live yeah. again. And that's a different thing. But apparently Severa would, in theory, she would also be doing that because it was still part of Fado at the time. But now, now it's yeah, not anymore. Yeah, So Severa, the tales and myths of her life are so many. And she kept captured imagination easily um didn't yeah she? she did i mean with her quarrelsome manner and gypsy blood she has a uh, she's charming and raucous all at once she has both a cigarette and a quick-witted reply on her lips amazingly talented poetry girl and she's gone so young she really was the perfect heroine for the romantic taste that was also around at the time exactly. wasn't she exactly she's also a product of that artistic movement and she's, I mean, I mean this literally because her story was turned into a novel by the author Julio Dantes, which was later adapted into stage and later adapted into the cinema in 1931. And it was actually the first Portuguese movie with sound ever. It was the first movie with sound uh, in Portugal. And this made this movie obviously a huge deal and her legend just got like bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, the story was already big at the time and then you get the first movie with some made about her and it just goes through the roof. 
there's no containing this character anymore. The play and in the movie, the author, Julio Dante, so he took inspiration from all the crazy stories going around about Severa. He was sure to include, you know, all the brawls uh, that she had been in, all the lively depictions of bullfighting, because the her lover, the Count of Vimioso, he was in the bullfighting scene. So that was also in the movie, uh, in the movie a lot of like bullfighting scenes with daring escapes from jealousy lovers and all that kind of drama so everything that you can picture when you picture that kind of character she had it yeah and just going just going back to the book for a second um julio julio dantes the the author actually changed the name of the count the count is count of vimioso and in his novel it became novel in his novel it became the Count of Marialva, apparently because the family of the Count of Vimioso requested that uh, he would spare the embarrassment to the family name, and so this made made it even more of a hit, and there was even more drama added to this story. The and whole thing was just such a hit that to this day, describing someone as a Marialva um, means describing a man as a playboy. Enjoying the company of the ladies and the other pleasures in life, being a bit of a player and a bit of a dick. So, I didn't know that that it was this was where it came from. Actually. I didn't know that this was it came from either. But my 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 father actually he he uses like the uh, Marialva has um, uh, an adjective quite often. So it was it was quite cool to to find out where that came from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. The, the lack of details, going back to Severa, uh, the lack of details and like hard records and documentation on her life have only added to the myth of her character, of someone's life that burned so bright and fast and gone and leaving a legacy behind it. Uh, yes, because uh, obviously you have here a character that you can't ignore, so people are going to keep talking about her, but then you have not really that many hard facts. All you have is a date and place of birth and um, date of death as well. So, yeah, people tend to feel everything in between, isn't it? Yeah, people do. And we may not know a lot of uh, hard facts about her, but here we are talking about her with as much or as little as we know. And um, Which raises the question, do we really need to have hard facts on something? details on something for it to have a major importance in the course of history. We can say that some... We know. We yeah, exactly. <laughs> a lot of the things that we... <laughs> we actually know we don't. The, the le Usually the least hard facts that you have about something, the more people talk about it because you don't know, you ask questions. You it was it this? Was it yeah, that? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, here we are. So... I hope everyone enjoyed this. This was the life of uh, Svera Onofriana. Check our Instagram to see the, the portrait of Fado that we mentioned. And we're also going to be sharing some more about the movie and the book. So yes. go and check and it there. And I think we should definitely uh, share some of our... Um, some some of our most important father singers maybe for people who want to sure. check them yeah, out yeah we can share that yeah. as well yeah yeah so hope you all enjoyed join us to the next episode and find about some other portuguese lady bye <laughs> bye <laughs>